You may be seated. Let's give a round of applause for our worship team real quick, guys. They did a fantastic job, didn't they? Before we begin, let's, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this, uh, this beautiful Sunday morning that you have blessed us with. God, we thank you for all the volunteers who poured their heart into this church, making Sunday mornings a possibility. We thank you for all the volunteers also that are feeding us through the pancake feed. I pray that after this morning we can leave with full hearts and with full stomachs. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My name is Jaden Baker. I serve as one of the elders here, and I also get to help out with our youth ministry on Wednesday night. And This morning we're going to be continuing our look at the fruit of the Spirit. But first I want to quick introduce you to my family. My lovely wife is right down here in the corner, but... Better yet, there's a picture right up here for all you guys to see. We've been married. I almost screwed this up at first service. 13 years, not 12, not 12. And we have three wonderful, three wonderful children together. We have Leiden, as you can see in the picture there in the middle, and McKenna to the right, and then Addie way over there on the left. And I'm just blessed beyond belief to have these three children call me dad. Uh, let's jump right in and continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And that is found in Galatians 5. 22 through 23, and it says this. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, as a reminder, as we continue to look at the fruit of the Spirit, all of these work together as one fruit. Not as an individual, but actually in unison. And Pastor Steve did just an amazing job last week speaking about love, which now leads us to joy and to peace. And we'll be studying the, uh, Philippians chapter 4 in just a moment, but first I want to do a little exercise with you guys. When I, ask the, when I ask you, what is the first word that comes to your mind when I say the words joy and peace? What is? I'm going to give you just a second. You introverts like me, you can write it down. Extroverts and everybody actually include. Let's, let's start out on the count of three. One, two, three. I heard some happiness. Thank you, Ashley's playing along. I appreciate that. But here's the thing. It's important to know that happiness is not joy and happiness is not peace. So if you're introverts, wrote it down, happiness, because I did it when I first started. Don't cross it out quite yet, all right? Simply put, happiness is of this world. Joy and peace come from heaven through Jesus. All right, so let's take a little bit closer look. Did you guys know that the word joy and peace appear in the Bible over 400 times each? A total of over 800 times? Anybody want to take a guess at how many times the word happiness is used in the Bible? All right, one, two, three. Zero. Zero. Yes, you guys are so smart. I don't even know why I'm standing up here. But so like many of you, I wrote down happiness too, so please don't feel bad. But as I was preparing this, you know, I thought, you know, I can't be wrong. You know, happiness, we got to do a little bit more research here. So with us in that, being here in the United States, we must just be filled with happiness, right? We're, we're, we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. We have endless resources, opportunity, entertainment, food. Well, at least we used to. Do not get me started on double-stuffed Oreos. I'm blaming you guys for always buying two packs, so I can only buy one or two at the store when I go. But here it is. The truth is this. Based on a global happiness survey that was conducted, the United States only ranks 18th in the world on a scale of happiness. 
You heard that right, 18th. We didn't even get a medal. That's not like the United States, but it's true. We only rank 18th. But don't get me wrong. It is okay to enjoy things that make us happy, but the problem is this. If we continue to chase after things that make us happy, thinking that it's going to lead us to peace and to joy, we're going to forever be coming up short. The things on this earth are temporary, and they will never lead to true joy and to true peace. See, happiness might give us the illusion of joy or peace temporarily, but that will quickly fade away. A great example of this is think back into a time of your life where you maybe bought a new car or a new house, and initially that brought you a lot of happiness, right? But how long did that happiness actually last? See, things that don't last are of this world. Therefore, happiness is of this world. Let's get into the main scripture of today, which is Paul's letter to the church of Philippi and how he instructs us through the Holy Spirit to seek joy and peace. So starting in Philippians 4, verse 4, and it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. You see, God is here is commanding us through the words of Paul to be joyful, not once, but twice. And it's important to realize the significance in this passage, because you see, Paul did not live a calm, stress-free, or happy life. And in fact, it was the complete opposite. You see, Paul, when he wrote the book of Philippians, was chained to a Roman prison guard 24 hours a day, and was facing what was almost certainly going to be his death. Yet he was able to enjoy peace and joy so profoundly. So how can we do the same? How is it that we can experience joy to the highest level, to the heavenly level? We'll be coming back to Philippians 4 in just a moment, but first let's take a look at the words of Jesus in John chapter 15, 11 through 12. And in, in this, Jesus wants us to, and how Jesus wants us to experience joy, as Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is the greatest commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. Jesus is telling us here that in order to experience the joy of Jesus, we have to love first. Last week's message about love and the challenge to memorize first 1 Corinthians 13 really sparked a great conversation with me and my wife. Sorry, I'm gonna, Ashley, I'm going to embarrass you again. And when we were having this conversation, at one point I turned to my wife and I said, man, isn't it good that I make it so easy for you to love me? Yes, the, she, didn't even, she didn't even have to respond. The look on her face said it all. But the point is this, and it led to a wonderful conversation. Love is work, just like seeking joy and peace can feel like work sometimes. And it does not come easy. We have to seek it daily, sometimes hourly. And no matter what storm we find ourselves in, we know that God can be there for us. It tells us in Zephaniah 3.17, He will de- delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. God finds joy. You see, God finds joy in us. He sings songs over us. Simply put, Jesus and God, they love us. They like us. Now, if you have a preconceived notion that God 
is an angry or judgmental or fearful God, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. He's not. The truth is that our God is a joyful God, and he wants us to experience joy. Let's get back to Philippians 4, and this time I'm going to read the full passage, verses 4 through 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then the peace which exceeds anything that we can understand, his peace will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Now let's break down verse 6 a little bit further. It says, don't worry, or in many translations it says, don't be anxious. Instead, pray about everything. Those two simple words, don't worry. Those can be very hard to overcome, especially when fear and anxiety can cloud our minds, especially in today's society. But I've got to be honest with you guys, I want to share a story because I really thought I had this whole don't be anxious and don't worry thing, don't be fearful thing all figured out. You see, I'll give you a little prequel to this before I tell you the story. Okay, the men in my family, we have a long history of not liking to go to doctors or hospitals. Okay, I think you guys maybe know where this one is leading. But just two weeks ago, I stepped into the doctor's office just for a simple visit for my son, my wife and I went along with, and by God's design... Ashley was there. This is great. So we got checked in. We got into the room. The doctor came in. He gave us more than encouraging news that we were expecting to hear about our son. And about five minutes in the conversation with the doctor, my thoughts just started to race. And I couldn't stop thinking about the what ifs. I thought, what if this minor inconvenience becomes a major problem? What if my son, keeps, my son is kept from experiencing life to the fullest? And that fear crept into my mind, and my heart began to race. And I didn't realize it, nor did I want to admit it, certainly not then and certainly not after. But I started to have an all-out anxiety attack. So I just, oh, what did I do? Well, I did the smart thing. I kept playing the what-if game, right? So, so I, and the what-ifs kept going through my mind, and I thought, oh, no, what if I faint? What if my wife and my son, the people I was put here on earth to protect, see me lying motionless on the ground. What if they rush me to the ER, hook me up to a bunch of stuff, and they send me home with a doctor bill that I have no way to be able to afford? See, my worries, they just started to consume me. So I knew exactly what I had to do right then and there. I didn't make eye contact. I looked over to my right. I said, I will meet you in the car. I got out of that room. I made it to the car just barely. I'm so thankful that there were three perfectly placed benches on the way there. It was supposed to be a five-minute walk. It took about 15, but I made it. Got the AC running. I calmed myself down using some breathing exercises that I used to coach, uh, coach my hockey players through. And once I, my heart stopped racing, I was able to gather my thoughts and pray. And I realized just how much my worries were able to take over my mind as I started to focus on things that weren't godly. You see, for a moment there, I completely forgot to focus on God and the plan that he has for me and the plan that he has for my son. And they are for good. And they are for God's good. To have all experienced something like this in our lives to some, some degree that causes us to have worry and have fear set in. And those negative thoughts and those worries that are in our mind are only allowed to take place if we let them and we don't trust in God. 
And if even for a second we don't put our trust in God, those fears can set in like a tidal wave and completely sweep our feet out from underneath us. What we need to do is we need to release that worry. We need to pray. And we need to trust in the Lord. We need to give all of our cares and all of our worries to God. This is one of my favorite verses, and it's helped me get through the last couple of weeks here. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, we are, and we are commanded, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In order for us to experience the fullness of joy and the fullness of peace, we need to surrender it all to him. We need to give it all, God all of our cares. We need to give him all of our worries. Not just the big things, but everything. We need to give it all to him. And because we give it all up to the Lord, it doesn't mean that we're going to be immune to tough situations happening in our lives or from those thoughts creeping into our heads, causing fear. Jesus tells us in John 16:33, I have told you all of this so that you will have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have trials, you will have sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. See, God can use those trials and those storms in our life to show the awesomeness of God. And he will. What Jesus is telling us is that life is not going to be easy. He says flat out that it is going to be hard and that we will face sadness. But we need to put into action all that Jesus has taught us so that we may receive joy and we may receive peace in him. And we can rest knowing that even in those difficulties, God will use them to build us up if we let it. In fact, God promises that it will build us up in those times of trials. And he tells us that we can rejoice and find joy in them. Romans 5, verse 3, it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. Our salvation is only found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to earth to put sin to death. So what are you, whatever it is that you are going through, Jesus has already been through it and he wants to help you. Please, don't walk through this life alone. Accept Jesus into your heart. Our prayer team is here and would love the opportunity to pray with you and to pray for you. In fact, if today is your day that you're giving your life to Christ, we would love to know because our Father in heaven is rejoicing over you and we want to rejoice with him. If you're struggling to find joy and to find peace, do this one simple thing. Look up. Give it all to him. Now, I want you to picture this. You need to do it now or as you're walking out to your car. Imagine two boats sitting out here along the beach. And the lake represents life. The boat on the left is filled with false happiness and worldly pleasures. But you can jump in it alone. The boat on the right is filled with joy and peace. And the man steering the boat is Jesus Christ. Now, it may be a calm, beautiful day out here like it is today. There might be a few clouds in the sky ahead of you. Or there might be just an absolute storm that you're either heading into or just coming out of. 
But Jesus is always there. He's always ready. He's waiting for you. Which boat will you choose? Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us the gift of the fruit of the Spirit so we may experience those fruits to the fullest while we are here on earth. We give all of our cares and all of our worries and all of our fears and our anxieties over to you every single day, Lord. We find joy and peace in your son, Jesus. We are so thankful that no matter what storm, no matter what battle we are in, no matter what we're facing, that we can look to you, Father. It is in your son's precious and holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.